uh, phone calls and uh, receiving phone calls and we're also checking the mail. So I want to be sure that you are aware of that. So again, thanks for joining with us this morning. And um, why don't we say a word of prayer and then we'll uh, get into God's word. So join me, would you please? Oh, Jesus, almighty uh, King of kings and Lord of lords, we thank you for your presence among us. Lord, Lord, your presence uh, is the difference maker. Uh, you being not just in the room, but within us, um, before us, behind us, around us, makes the difference. I thank you, God, that during these, these very, very trying times and these very difficult times that we know that you hear our cries because your word says you hear the cry of the righteous and you bind up their wounds. Lord, would you, would you reach out and would you touch people who need a touch from you? Lord, would you uh, help people to find you? You say that if you search for me with all your heart, you'll find me. But people are looking for solutions. They're looking for answers. They're searching for direction and guidance in the midst of, of, of the chaos that we're in right now. Lord, would you, would you provide? And Lord, would you provide for your people? Lord, there's a multitude of folks that are entering into times of great difficulty financially. Uh, there are folks that are dealing with, with, with various issues that even uh, a month ago they did not see coming. And so, Father, we know that you are still seated on the throne, that you are sovereign over all, and there is no red alert in heaven. And so, God, would you minister to your people? And, Lord, as we, as we search your word this morning, God, would you speak by your Holy Spirit? And would you give us ears to hear? Lord, you would say something today that would touch our hearts and touch our minds. So we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. God, be glorified in all that we do and say. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So this week I was reading the newspaper and I read an article in the RJ. And this is what it, this was the headline. Las Vegas official says city facing financial crisis. And when I saw that headline, man, I just, whew, just, um, um, it, it hit me. Like, it hit me hard. Like, I know that's true, but... The paragraph, the first paragraph said this, or the first sentence says, Las Vegas officials don't yet know how badly the novel coronavirus will hurt the city's budget, but business closures may trigger financial turmoil that rivals the Great Recession. Man, I, I read that and I, I just went, wow. These are, these are unprecedented times. And, and you know what? Maybe it's a natural feeling to, to feel Fear, the emotion of fear. Do you remember last week we looked at Jehoshaphat and how when Jehoshaphat got word <clears throat> that this great army had come against him, it says he was afraid. Yeah, people are fearful. <clears throat> Excuse me, we can see it all around. We can see it in grocery stores as people uh, line up in long lines to get provisions for fear that they won't be there later. We're not used to seeing those things. People are afraid of running out of food and, and running out of toilet paper. And we see fear, uh, the, the results of, of, un, of the unknown future in our financial markets with these wild swings up and down. And you get to the point where you don't even want to look at it because you just think, man, my 401k just became a, a, a 1k. Um, uh, so fear is a natural emotion. You know, we don't know how long this coronavirus is going to last. Uh, we don't know uh, things that we've just always 
uh, a particular, like Easter. What's Easter going to look like uh, as a church service? Uh, what's that going to look like? Uh, we uh, um, uh, People are facing uh, job cuts, hours cut, being placed on furlough. Um, uh, businesses, entire businesses and, and sectors of our economy being, being shut down. Let me just uh, say to you, ex- exercise caution when someone says that they know what God's up to. Or they say, this is what the Lord is doing. Because I don't know what God's up to. I don't know what he's doing. But I do know that, that this is not the first crisis that we as a nation have experienced. And I do know God's up to something. And I do know we can learn much in his word from men and women of the Bible who have gone through crises before us. And so we ask the question, how should we live in the midst of this? Uh, I, wanna, I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to look at, at, at how Paul encourages his young protege, protege Timothy. Uh, he's writing his faithful disciple to assure him Paul is in Rome. He's on lockdown. Uh, he doesn't know how much longer he has to live. And he's encouraging his young son in the faith, Timothy, to come and visit him. Everyone else has deserted him uh, except for Dr. Luke. Um, he's, he's concerned and not so much for himself, which is interesting, but he's concerned for young Timothy. Timothy is a little timid. Timothy is occasionally sick. And Timothy doesn't always exercise the spiritual authority that has been given to him. And so this, this aged uh, sage, this father in the faith, sends a word of encouragement to him. And this is where we'll, we'll pick it up. We're in Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. And he says, I thank my God whom I worship and serve uh, with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my prayers day and night. And as I recall your tears, I long to see you so I may be filled with joy. I remember your sincere and unqualified faith, the surrendering, surrendering of your entire self to God in Christ with confident trust in his power, wisdom and goodness a faith which first lived in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am confident that it is in you as well. Verse 6 says this, That is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God, that inner fire, that special endowment, which is in you through the laying on of hands, those uh, uh, of the elders at your ordination. So Paul says, uh, Timothy, I... I remember the faith that was part of your family, your mother and your grandmother. And I'm sure that that faith is in you. And in times of crisis, how important is that faith necessary? And then he says this to him. He says, Timothy, stir up the gift of God within you. What is the gift of God that was in Timothy? Well, Timothy was ordained, if you would, as a leader in the church. And when Paul would make his way to go be present with the Lord, it's young Timothy who would take that mantle of authority in some respects. And he's encouraging him to be a leader, to be the spiritual leader. And he says, stir up that that gift. Stir up into a flame that gift that you have. And folks, let me just tell you, in times of crisis right now, uh, people need to see, and we desperately need all of us operating in the gifts and the calling that God has placed within us. We need to stir up those gifts. 
fan them into a flame. I mean, what, what gift has God deposited in you? And are you using that gift for his glory? Uh, first, he says, stir up the gift of God within you. And then he says in verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment, a personal discipline that has abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So a spirit of fear in the, in the midst of a world that is, that is fearful, um, and in the midst of a time when there was fear in, in maybe in Timothy's heart because, you know, Paul's in Rome and, 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 and Paul may never make it out alive, which he didn't. And, and, and now, uh, the, my, my security uh, is gone. Life as I know it has changed in, in, in the midst of a, of everything being changed in our nation in an unprecedented way. Fear is an emotion that people have. And Paul would say to us that God has not given you a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear is not from God. Now, the emotion of fear happens, but to live in that fear, to walk in that fear, to let that fear direct your life, that's, that's not from God. You didn't get that from God. And so, as believers in these days, we must choose faith over fear. He reminds Timothy of the faith of his grandmother and his mother and the faith that is within him. And he says, Timothy, I need you to be a young man of faith because I know that it's in you. So he's not given us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. That is abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So, power. That's my strength. My strength in times of crisis and my strength every day is the power of God. See, I can't do the work of God without the power of God because my sources, my resources, my abilities are limited. I can't do a supernatural work with only natural tools. Well, that's all that I have. Yet, my strength is his power. My motivation is his love. He's given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. My motivation is his love. Love is power in action. It takes his love and his power in me to love others the way that he loves them. And how many of you would agree with me that people really need to see the love of God right now in some very practical ways? And then he says he's given us a spirit of sound judgment and personal discipline. That's my stability. Sound judgment personal discipline, a well-balanced mind. Calmness. In the midst of chaos, calmness. Because of my faith and because of the power of God flowing through me. So stir up the gift of God within you. Uh, Choose faith over fear. And then this last part I want to share with you before we get into the application is speak up rather than remain silent. Speak up rather than remain silent. He says in verse 8, So do not be ashamed to testify about your Lord or about me, his prisoner. Don't be afraid, Timothy. Speak up. 
Uh, but with, with me, take your share of suffering of the gospel. That is, continue to preach regardless of the circumstances. How? In accordance with the power of God, for his power is invincible. Stir up the gift of God within you, young Timothy. Faith over fear and speak up rather than remain silent. Don't shrink back. And listen, folks, you would agree with me that opportunities for God talks are all around us. People are searching. People are open. People are asking questions. People want to know, well, well, why did God allow this to happen? Or where's God in this? And how come this, that? Hey, it's a great time. And guess what? We already know that we don't have all the answers, but we know the one who does have all the answers. Opportunities to serve. Opportunities to give. Opportunities to pray with people. Opportunity to speak up and not remain silent. Now, you know, Paul the Apostle was a, a guy that did not have problems keeping quiet. Now, he definitely was one who would speak up on behalf of the gospel. In Acts chapter 27, there's a story of how Paul practiced these things that he preached. Paul was in crisis mode, and sometimes a crisis is an opportunity. Sometimes a crisis is an opportunity. And that's the case with Paul the Apostle. Paul has appealed his case to Caesar as a Roman citizen. In his case, knowing that he was going to get no justice in the judicial system where he was at, he appeals to Caesar. So he goes to Rome via a ship. For him, it was a missions trip. Now there were a lot of uh, prisoners that were, and he wasn't a prisoner yet, but there were a lot of prisoners that were on the ship with him and these were men that were no doubt destined for the arena. And it was not going to be a pretty end for them. So it's a dangerous time to, uh, time to sail uh, because winter is approaching. Paul had already traveled some 3,500 miles. He knows the seas. Uh, he knows the seasons. He's already been shipwrecked three different times. And so he suggests that they don't go on this journey. But they choose to go anyway. And they had a pretty good start. So they got to Crete, and then they ran into this, this strong gale force wind called a nor'easter. So strong was this wind that they couldn't steer the ship anymore. They had to let it run its course. They used cables to undergird the, the ship's hull because they, they were afraid it would break apart against the rocks. Finally, this storm that lasted weeks was so bad that they finally tossed over the cargo and they tossed over all the equipment, kind of in a last-ditch effort to save the ship. In chapter 27, um, uh, verse 20 of, of Paul's journey, it says this. It says, A terrible storm raged for many days. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. These are experienced sailors. Well, they knew it would be a difficult journey, but it's maybe they've done it before, or certainly it's happened before. They get no bearings from the sun or the moon because the clouds are so thick and the weather is so bad. <clears throat> they have no hope. You know anybody like that? People at the end of their rope? People have no hope? Don't know where to go for answers? Chapter 27, verse 20, I'm sorry, verse 21, tells us this. Uh, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, 
Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place. I told y'all this was going to happen. Anyway, he says in verse 22, But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel uh, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will all be shipwrecked on an island. Wow. What a time to speak a word of encouragement. What a time for an angel to come and speak to him and give him the intel of what's going to happen next. He spoke the word of God to me. This angel spoke a prophetic word and says, this is what's going to happen. Now strengthen yourself and encourage yourselves. Here's what that tells me. That tells me that God cares for his people. He cares for the Apostle Paul. God visits him. But you know what else? I don't know anything about the spiritual lives of these men who were with him. I gather that they weren't followers of one true God. But God cares for not just his people, not just his apostle. God cares for all people. And here's the message. God is good. God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So in the midst of a storm, with they're at... They have no hope. And here's the message of Paul the Apostle. Guys, God is good. Oh, Now, the situation's not good. Oh, no. This is terrible. This is not a good situation. But God is good. Hey, listen, our situation's not good. Uh, this pandemic that, that we're experiencing that's worldwide, it's not good. People are dying. People are getting very sick. But God is good. Even in the midst of that, God is good. That's the message that he shares with them. Verse 30 tells us the storm gets worse. And the sailors attempt to abandon ship. Paul has a word for them. In verse 31 it says, But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, You will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and they let it drift away. They cut the ropes to the lifeboat. The, 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 the one thing that could keep them safe, they cut away. And you know, sometimes, sometimes God cuts away the things that we believe will keep us safe so that we would have faith and trust in him. I mean, could you imagine that? Uh, they had by now come to believe Paul's words were true. They, they had come to, to themselves to say, we trust you, Paul. I mean, you're not an experienced sailor, even though he had m m spent much time on open water. Um, we trust you. And, 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 and we will, we're all in. If the angel, this angel has come and spoken to you, we're all in. Paul, we're all in. We'll cut the ropes. They listen to the one with a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, of power, and of love. 
and of a sound mind. That is a, a calm mind or um, uh, a well-balanced mind and self-control. They listen to that one. Verse uh, 33 tells us, just as the day was dawning, there's Paul again, Paul urged everyone to eat. <laughs> Isn't that great? He, he's, he's, uh, I mean, do, do you wonder if, if like the, the sailors are thinking, hey, who is this guy? I mean, what's your name again? Paul? Oh, he's just, he's so nonchalant. And I don't mean to, to read into the text that that's what he is, but he's like, hey, listen, uh, you've been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. Eat something now for your own good. And he reassures him, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Then he took some bread. He gave thanks to God before them all and broke off a piece and ate it. And everyone was encouraged and began to eat. The stormy waters. Maybe it was a little bit still at this time. Don't know. There's no provision. Everything's been dumped overboard. All the supplies, all of the equipment, they've kept some food, they've kept some bread just in case, and, and now they're sitting here and they're eating. What, what kind of conversation was taking place there? Boy, I don't know what was, but I'd love to hear it. All 276 of us who were on board, everyone ate. There was enough food for everybody. I wonder if there was a little multiplication going on of the bread here. doesn't say it, but everybody had something to eat. And, you know, I, I once asked a, a Navy fighter pilot, uh, he's gone on to, to be with, with the Lord. And I said to him, I said this, I said, uh, he, he unfortunately was shot down in Vietnam. He was on ground six days. And I said, when you, when, when you, when you, when you hit the ground, like, what's the first thing you do? And he said, you know what? You don't think. Your instincts just take over. You just... You just go through your train, you go with, you do all the things that you've been trained to do. I went, wow. I go, then what? He goes, well, then you got to eat. And I went, what? You got to eat. Why? And he goes, you know what? When you eat, it settles you. It's like your digestive system is, is working. You're, you're, you're gathering nutrients for this, this, this crisis that you're in. He said, you got to eat. I thought that was very interesting. And here Paul the Apostle tells these men, guys, you got to eat. It's going to be okay. I've seen that happen. I've seen food just settle people in some very traumatic times. Well, the soldiers, as the ship is sinking, it's torn apart. It's being battered by the winds and the waves. Verse 42 says the soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners because if they let any prisoners escape, their life would be required of them. And um, to make sure that uh, none of them escaped, they wanted to kill them. Verse 43 says, but the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on the planks and debris as the ship broke up. And then it says, so everyone escaped safely to shore. I like that. Everyone escaped safely to shore. Well, let me give you a few things of summary regarding uh, this, this scripture. And uh, We have the precept of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and then we have the practical 
application in uh, Acts chapter 27 of walking in courage, biblical courage, not fear. Well, the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. Oh, it's a dangerous place to be. Sometimes the safest place to be is in the center of a storm. Do you know that Paul the Apostle was right in the center of God's will? Right in the middle of it. And yet it was not easy because he was in the middle of a storm. Hey, listen, secondly, nothing can touch the child of God that hasn't passed through the hands of God. Nothing can touch the child of God that hasn't passed through the hands of God. God allowed this to happen. We can surmise what some of the purposes were. When a storm comes your way, God allows it. He's, he's building something in you. He's doing something maybe even for others around you. Imagine the impact Paul had on these 276 uh, crewmen. We don't know anything about their faith beforehand, but you've got to think that somehow or another that they came to faith. I, I, it doesn't tell us that, but you've got to think that they just thought, this man in the midst of crisis was like anyone that I've ever met. And this God that he worships is a God who saved us all. We are alive today because this man is a man who follows that God. And I just wonder how many of them said, I want that God. I wonder how many people that are around us today would see us operating, uh, stirring up the gifts within us, not walking in fear, but walking in faith, would see us speaking up and, and, and resounding the words of the Lord with a calm mind and a, and a, a well-balanced mind and self-control and might say, you know, if you can, if you can be like that in a time like this, I want to know about the, want to know more about the God that you worship. Listen, our boat has been blown off course. Our boat has been blown off course. I mean, think, we're not even sure what Sunday, two, three weeks from now looks like. You know, our high holy day, quote-unquote, Easter, we don't know what Easter is going to look like. We have some ideas of what it might be like, but we're probably not going to be meeting. We don't know. Wow. That's different. Our boat's been blown off course. So I ask this question, how will we respond, church? How will we respond? Let me encourage you again, stir up the gift of God. Stir it up. We need it. Choose faith over fear. Speak up rather than remain silent. You know what? Don't fear. Don't fear. Let that fear cause you to do something. Let it cause you to action. Let it cause you to have a calm mind, a well-balanced mind, and a spirit of self-control. Because that's what God's given us. Now may the grace of God fill us and strengthen us. May it cause us to grow in his mercy. May we, may we receive all that God has for us right now. And I want to share with you that if you're not a follower of this one true God, he's the God of the storms. He's, he's the God of all things. He's the God of chaos. He's the God of crisis. He's the God of peace. He's the God of all eternity. And he loves you right where you are. 
Do you know that one of the reasons that God sent the storm and sent Paul through the storm could very well be to reach the ones that had not heard his name? Maybe this message that you're listening to today is something that God has put together. And a part of the purposes of doing this is so that you would know this God and that he loves you and that God cares about you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would turn to this God and that you would look to him, that you would pray to him, ask him to cause you to walk in his grace and his mercy. Ask him to cause you to be his son. Ask him to forgive you for all the sins that you've ever committed, those that you know about and those that you don't know about. And we pray that the God of all peace would comfort you and strengthen you in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you want to know more about a personal walk with Christ, uh, you can email us at the church. You can call us 702-646-7332. Get in touch with us. Uh, we want to be able to pray with you. If there's any needs that you have, we want to be there for you. God bless you guys. Have a great, great week in Jesus. Uh, I've got a closing song that I'd like to play.